Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. From the halls of assembly, you'll hear us scream and shout. Our love of Indiana is manic and devout. Everything I do, we discuss in unique manner. We won't be satisfied until we hang another banner. Us two goofy guys go by names of Ward and Eric. And as you probably know by now, we're Hoosier Hysterics. Hoosier Hysterics. Hoosier Hysterics. Hello, Ward. What's up, dude? Hey, man. Uh, every week we do this in the off season is a week close. <clears throat> I'm choking. I'm choking. <laughs> well, your death, while it might be our last podcast, would be our most exciting. Are you coming you know, back? I, I felt a little tickle just as we started. I felt a little tickle and I thought I'm just going to be a pro deal with it. But then I realized I'm no pro. <laughs> No, nobody's expecting you uh, to be professional. Why start now? What I was saying is every week we do this is yeah. a week closer to the fantasy experience weekend that is coming up August 17th to August 20th. And every week we do this is a week closer to the beginning of the IU basketball season. And of course, football. But as we know, you and I are bonded as millions are over Indiana basketball. So I'm so excited. Not the least of my excitement is based on the fact that doesn't make any sense, but uh, is based on the fact that our good friends give us the ability to say every week that we are just two happy guys. Glad to be doing what we're doing. Yeah, that, that's not <laughs> what we're trying to lean into. <laughs> Our good friends make sure that every week we can say we are just happy to be here. Oh, God, just <laughs> I mean, we're on an abbreviated intro and you're just that's true around right now. You choked. I mean, you were the, the one choking. So I'm just getting mine. Yeah, that was a health consideration. You're just playing twiddle dicks over here. <laughs> well, that's a new phrase. I'm glad that have you used twiddle dicks before? Not to my knowledge. Boom. Trademark it. Um, but I think what you're trying to get to is the fact that we are powered by communitycars.com. Sponsor of the engines talk with Yeah. Mix it up Nailed a little. It. Come on. Nailed it. We'll change it up on you. Listen, view, listeners out there and viewers. Yeah. You think you're going to get one thing? We go a different direction. You think we're going to zig? We zag. You think we're going to jig? We jag. <laughs> uh, serpentine, not... Shelly. Serpentine. You know that reference? I don't. Have you ever seen the classic comedy, The In-Laws? I don't believe so. Well, now you have to, because I do believe, God rest his soul, Alan Arkin is a one of the co-stars of The In-Laws. 
And the other co-star is Peter Falk, Columbo. Oh, yeah. Um, I think my favorite Alan Arkin role movie, let's say movie, is Gross Point Blank. Phenomenal. I can't go beyond Glengarry Glenn Ross. Fair. It, but but he's amazing in everything. He's just a, was an actor's actor. Just like Community Cars is a dealer's dealer. I mean, don't be a jackass. Buy a community car. That's it. I mean, that is the long and short of it. I wish you would have paused to comment on my great transition from the actor's actor to the dealer's dealer. I was pretty proud of that. It's not about you. It's about community cars and how if you don't buy from community cars, you're a jackass. Now, look, you can still be a jackass and purchase a car from community cars. See my good friend, Eric. But you are, by definition, a jackass if you don't buy your car from community cars. Speaking of jackasses, we got to talk about Pat Fitzgerald at Northwestern, where it's breaking news just minutes ago as we record this on Monday, late afternoon, West Coast time. His ass got fired. Did, fired. They, did they detail what any of the hazing was? Oh, yeah. Did they? Oh, yeah. What, oh, yeah. Or what you do you do? do some, I'm shocked because you spend what percentage of your time online is on Reddit? A significant portion, right? Yeah, of my overall online time, most of it's on Reddit, but I'm not following college football subreddits. Got it. I just figured it would pop up on any of the subreddits because it's been such a big story. No, no, Listen, no. They're not talking about it on UFOs and UFO believers. Got it. They have. Uh, they did things called car washes before <laughs> before you entered the showers. They did. There was dry humping going on in the locker room. There Whoa. were like, it was, it, it's nasty. Like you gotta, you, I'm not going to go over all the details, but you got to go read about it. And everybody out there got to read about it. But this does show we are just in a different era right now because tw 20, 30 years ago, maybe even 10, these stories just don't catch fire like they do now. Sure. And Northwestern came out and, and suspended him for two weeks, which I thought was hilarious. I, I find all those suspensions of one game or two, you know, they're just such mealy-mouthed bullshit. And they got skewered for it because the stories were disgusting. And it was former players saying, what the hell is going on here? Two weeks for him clearly either knowing or turning a blind eye to this stuff. And then days later, they fire him. I mean, this is Pat Fitzgerald, one of the giants of coaching in collegiate football. I mean, he has a lot of power, especially in the Big Ten Conference, even though their team has sucked recently. The guy has influence, big contract, and they fired his ass. Hey, look, the only thing I like better than our success is other teams in the conference, specifically failure, uh, sorry to the dudes who had to go through that. I was just telling my kids, uh, my house wasn't a big hazing house, my fraternity in Bloomington. We did have to go through Blazin Hazen, in which they got the hottest hot wings. I was just telling you guys this at dinner yeah. um, of the hottest hot wings, and then you put Dave's Insanity Sauce on it, and you had to eat a bunch of them, and your mouth was on fire. And then the next day, coming out the other end, that part of your body was on fire. So I'm no stranger to Hazen, but one thing I liked about my fraternity was one of the mottos was never naked, never touched. And it sounds to me like Pat 
Fitzgerald did not follow those guidelines. Okay. Um, do you want me to read you some of what is reported here? You know that I do. If children are in the car, maybe you skip ahead. There was a ritual called the car wash in which players would stand naked at the entrance to the shower. So already betraying one of your vaunted uh, fraternities rules. Yes. Forcing others to go through them. A car wash is having your genitals rubbing up on someone else's genitals is what one of the former players said. I mean, why? This- why? Just stupid. Just stupid. I mean, how does no one while that's going on going? I just want to play football. (laughs) I mean, I just want to play football. Does this I mean, there are so many ways to bond with your fellow teammates going out to eat, uh, watching a movie. Oh, playing the game of football and smashing into each other and sweating all over each other and spitting in each other's mouth in the trenches, bleeding on each other. Oh, it happens all the time. Guys are screaming back and forth across the lines. But but you made it sound like that was an intentional act of spitting in someone's mouth, which sounds exactly what would happen at a car wash. (laughs) Like that, I mean, I'm sure it's happened. I'm sure it's happened. Yes, but you had me until that one thing. Well, if if I kept you the whole way, I would have been doing something wrong. (laughs) The point being, I don't understand how you are a better football team by rubbing your genitals on each other. You are not. And it made me realize when I was reading it, like we ask all the players, you know, what are you doing? Well, how are you guys bonding? And they're all like, we play video games. Yeah. Right? Like that's what it, we play video games. And uh, maybe we go out to dinner. And the worst part is we bust each other's balls on who's going to drive. Who's going to drive is the yeah. hazing. Yeah. it It's stupid. And look, I don't buy this whole like, oh, well, the sign of the times, you know, like back then it was okay. When I was in, my dad told me horror stories of the Sammy house when he was there. Mm-hmm. My roommate, my freshman year was an AE pie, which they were the worst. Jewish fraternities were the worst when it Ape came house. to hazing. Ape house. Awful. And I I knew then like wh- why I could never go to the fraternity rock because I couldn't accept any kind of hazing. But he came back with like a bloody nose one night. And I'm like, what the hell is wrong with you? What the parties can't be that good. They can't. <laughs> and I said, and here's how you know. I go to the parties. <laughs> like you don't need to get a bloody nose. So this idea that it was like of the time and no, everybody going through that car wash at Northwestern knew that it was awful and they shouldn't be doing it and something was wrong. And they didn't choose to speak until recently. So, like, shame on them for not speaking up sooner. Shame on the coaching staff. Shame on that university. Shame on that president and athletic director who came out and suspended him for two weeks and thought they could just sweep it under the rug. Because, by the way, winning one game a year, three of the last four years, was worth letting a story of car washes be put out in the public. (laughs) Screw them and screw their whole, we're the academic university. No, you didn't. No, you aren't. You showed your colors. You're like everybody else. You fight for your food in the mud with everybody else. You're a piece of shit. So don't (laughs) pretend. Don't pretend you're something special, Northwestern. You aren't. You got a bunch of meatheads over there, and you condoned it, period. 
Okay. Uh, well, I think that pretty much wraps up the car washing segment of our show. Um, I, I, I guess I don't feel as passionately as you. I, to a, a certain degree, I do think it's hilarious for the young men who really it was upsetting to. You wouldn't I, think it was hilarious if it was your son. I, I no, I would not. I would not. And and I guess there is that thing of peer pressure because clearly you do have to be more intelligent to get accepted to Northwestern than a lot of universities. There are certain academic requirements, but it just goes to show all that goes out the window when all your friends are telling you, you got to do something. And I feel like for me, that period of acceptance that was so um, tumultuous and um, I don't know, just like I was so insecure in middle school. Right. And I even think like in middle school, if a bunch of dudes had been like, hey, let's get naked and, and rub ourselves all over each other, we'll be a better football team. I still think at that point I would have been like, guys, I'm out. Guys, yeah, no, I, I am out. And then and then, you know, look, all these guys who come on our show, the gentleman who's going to be on here in a few minutes, smart young men like I hope by my by the time my son goes to college, he'll have enough. I will have helped him earn enough self-esteem that if he finds himself in a car wash situation, he will walk away from it and know that uh, he's better than whatever that situation is. I, I'm with you. I mean, the good news for you and me is neither one of our kids is playing football. Nope. Not a <laughs> nope. chance. The Not IU theater chance. department never, there was never no a whisper of a car wash. Yeah. The hazing was um, who's going to order, who's going to pay for the Irish puffballs at Irish Lion. That was the hazing. Um, look, let's just touch on IU basketball recruiting because Peach Jam was this last weekend where tons of high end talent were at Peach Jam. There was also an Under Armour um, and Adidas event. Uh, look, it's Liam McNeely, Derek Queen, Boogie Flan, Jaden Mustaf for 2024, and then the rest. And those are the four that I've got my eye on the closest. I don't think we will get both Jaden and Boogie. Sure. So I think it's like you get one. I do think there's a chance to get Liam and Derek Queen, which is insane. Oh, I mean, yeah. Obviously, those guys know each other real well. They know each other's game. Um and they're hearing nothing but good things about former Montverde players and their experiences up in Bloomington. Speaking of which, it has been fun to watch our boy Jalen out there hooping it up for the Lakers. That that can't be hurting the decision-making process for Liam and Derek and, and anybody really considering IU at this point. Totally. I watched that last game where he went off for, I think he had 15 points, five rebounds, four assists, something like that. The last uh, game I last saw, game? he had 20. Oh, was it 20 that he ended up with? Yeah, yeah. Was well, that yesterday, Sunday? Well, and speaking of, I don't remember what day okay. it is. It's summertime. It's all a blur. Sure. But as I lurk on Reddit, like I do on Peegs, uh, I've I've joined the Lakers subreddit just to see what they're saying about our boy. And he had his own thread yesterday, and they were like, the dude just looks like a pro. He's built like a pro. The shot will come. Hey, his mid-range is really going to be where he gets his points. 
but just to see 40 Laker fans, a couple of like, I had no idea who this guy was when we drafted him, or I was really upset when this pick because so-and-so was still available. They're all seeing it and they're all excited about it. And that's fun. That's awesome. I, I did the last game I watched of his, what surprised me was just kind of the sheer will he was showing to get to the bucket. He was going hard to the bucket more than he did at Indiana. Now that could be for multiple reasons. One trace is down there. So it did clog things up Two, the college game is just, the lane is more clogged. I mean, you've heard already like Webb and Yama was talking about his big game yesterday. And he was saying like, yeah, man, this is not nearly as physical as where I've been. So I like this better. And he was talking about how, it's just the best athletes and everybody's running full speed, you know? So just the game is so much more open that a guy like Jalen, who is so strong and good with the handle should be able, even though he doesn't have blow by speed, just to use his size and his IQ to get to the rim. Yeah. And in the NBA, once you're all up there with the full-on final rosters, there's not a lot of guys who can blow by a lot of other guys, and the rotations are so tight, and they've got the big-time rim protectors. You know, it, it, the, the the thought to me that they're already seeing his vision, his understanding of the game, and they're like, this dude, like, just clocked 20. Um, it's It's – you know, and it's hard to see Pacer games out here or almost any other team. So just seeing how many of the summer league games of the Lakers we're going to get to see, it's like, you know, obviously if the Pacers and Lakers show down in the finals again, I'm all about the Pacers, but it's it's going to be impossible not to root for the Lakers as long as Jalen's on that squad. Thomas Bryant on the Miami Heat is awesome. Good for Love him. him being in that organization. Cody Zeller at the New Orleans Pelicans. Sorry, but at least you're still in the NBA, right? And, and he and he he got some time with the Heat. Everybody he who gets to go through the Spoel Riley system. Look, I mean, look, Dame is holding up the entire free agency market because he wants to get to Miami so bad. Thomas just strolled in there after Cody. Yeah, no, it's awesome. So it's going to be an exciting year. And who knows where OG Ananobi will end up? Because the word is that he will be traded at some point. They're just trying to get maximum value. And you got to hope that he goes somewhere good. Hey, come down. Can the Lakers swing a deal or the Clippers? Like, let's get them all down here. Maybe that'll be our only chance to interview him. <laughs> yeah, we'll just have to sneak up on him and throw as many questions as we can while he's walking to his car. All right. We are in our summer series of current Indiana players, getting through the roster, getting updates on workouts and reminiscing about last year and looking forward to next year. Let's keep it going with a really special guest who we have had the pleasure of getting to know after the last several years and uh, has become a huge pillar of this era of Indiana University basketball. And boy, oh boy, his hair. We're going to talk about his hair. Here comes a guest. Here comes a guest. We'll get, You're let's well. get right into it so we don't waste your time. Gotcha. I mean, let's, let's be it. clear. The whole thing's going to be a waste of your time, but we'll try to get <laughs> through it quickly. <laughs> That couldn't be a better intro. That couldn't be a better intro for what we do. <laughs> no, it's never. Um, I enjoy it. I always enjoy it. Well, go for it. I will. 
Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, he's back. He's back for another season with the Hoosiers. And lucky us, he's back for another episode of this podcast. We're going to find out all about what's going on with this guy's summer. But first, we got to find out who he is. Eric, who is he? Hailing from Culver, Indiana, where he attended Culver Academies, where all he did was win a state title. That's pretty cool. Go win a state title. He was a top 150 recruit in the country. He, of course, decided to matriculate at Indiana University, where he has been at Indiana for three years, each year showing market improvement. And we got to just focus on the leap that this young man went through from his sophomore to junior years. We are talking about going from 21.4% from the three-point line to 46.2% last year. We are talking about going from making only 12 three-pointers his first two years, six in each season, to making 30 last season. He went from 1.7 rebounds to three. He went from 1.8 assists to 2.1 assists per game. And my favorite, besides the three-point line, He went from 1.4 turnovers the year before to 0.8 turnovers per game this last season. He had huge games against North Carolina, against Nebraska, against at Illinois, Michigan State. And it seemed like he saved his best for that little piece of shit school up north Purdue, (laughs) where he was a huge part of winning both games. Ladies and gentlemen, we are talking to a man who has been called the fashion icon of Indiana University. He is the man with the best hair east of the Mississippi River. We are talking to none other than Trey Galloway. I appreciate you guys. There we go. How you doing, buddy? Doing well. Um, joining the summer. It's good to be in Bloomington right now and kind of getting, getting settled in and everything, but it's been great. You know, now, I want to start with something real quick, if I may, Ward, uh, just because I saw this. I will allow it. Thank you. I <laughs> saw uh, a video that got put out on uh, Indiana's social media that was uh, showing the July workouts and how things are going. Trey, yeah. you look leaner than before am i wrong am i just seeing things you just seem like no i mean not that you were in bad shape before you were in great shape but you just seem like you've even even leaned down even more am i wrong about this um no you're not wrong um i mean i think i during the summers i definitely am a little bit more heavier than i am in season but i think this 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 off season this summer i really focused on because last summer I wasn't, I mean, I wasn't doing anything. I kind of was just, I wasn't, I wasn't able to run or anything. Um, and I was kind of just sitting around all summer trying to rehab and stuff. So obviously I'm in better shape this summer. And I'm, I'm more fit. Um, but I, I try to stay at a certain weight um, during the season. And I'm at that weight right now um, in the summer. So I think it's, that's one been a really big thing of mine, kind of just staying in shape and being in shape all summer leading into the fall is huge for me. I think that's, that's definitely, it's, it's, it's definitely true. I've, I've been a lot more leaner this year this summer than I was last summer going that's into great. the season. Now, this isn't your first rodeo. You've been through a few off-seasons. Fortunately, this one is healthy. Um, we hear a lot from the younger guys about Cliff finally getting their hands, his hands on them and what he wants right. to do and shape their body. Um, for you, uh, wh- what is it like as, as you progress through your career and you and Cliff have been working together so closely for so long, is it really about maintaining this ideal state you found or, or are you trying to take it to another level yet? I'd say just eat, like I said, eating the right things. 
um, and having the right diet is the biggest thing for me to really focus on, take my game to the next level. Cause I think just being fit and staying in shape and doing the right things, eating the right things, um, is a big, big part of my thing to, to stay healthy, um, and to maintain that. And I think another thing is flexibility. Um, that's one thing me and coach Cliff, you, t- you talked about coach Cliff. I think that's one thing that we really work on that I've improved on a lot since my freshman year, just becoming more flexible. Um, and it, it definitely pre- prevents injuries and stuff. So I, I'm, I'm blessed to be injury free so far this summer, which has been great. Um, cause it's one of my first summers just, um, at, at IU being fully healthy. So it's, it's been great having that and kind of being able to become more flexible, um, and as well as having a better diet and stuff. So those are the two main things I really try to focus on. A follow up on the, uh, on the flexibility at this mm. point in my life. Like if I don't stretch, if I, if I don't go to yoga on a semi-regular basis, I like get like cranky. Like I, oh, yeah. I, I feel physically bad. I don't remember being as young as you. Do you, yeah. can you just tell a difference in terms of feeling better walking around when you, you implement that? For sure. I mean, I, I feel like the biggest thing is like my, the, the difference with my freshman year now is just like I, after my freshman workouts, I'd be so sore um, for weeks. Um, and now I feel like, I've kind of matured my body has adapted to it and I've become more f- flexible to now my body doesn't get as sore um, in the off season when we're training hard on the court um, in the weight room. So I, I see myself being able to do more on the court now, um, extra workouts, extra shooting, because I'm not as tired, I'm not as sore just because I've, I've gained that flexibility. But I mean, there's still a lot of things I can improve on to help with that. Um, but that, that definitely is a thing that, that I really – saw um this this offseason so far that I've, I've really improved on if being stiff and not flexible is the is the root cause of people being upset and cranky i now realize why i'm one of the angriest people in the world <laughs> and yeah and, it, and also to prevent injuries is maybe another reason you need to start stretching well, do they when you right. when you when you stretch does it stretch foot muscles because that's what i broke ward and that's what i break all the time i fall <laughs> on my foot i don't think there's foot flexibility I, I mean there's everything coach cliff got got everything in his bag he's got all the tools and stuff so i mean if he's the guy you need to go to so to find stretch because he'll find a stretch for anything which is all right well i'm gonna yeah. talk to him at the fantasy yeah. camp a uh, question for you, because you're talking about focusing on food. I'm just curious, where does ice cream on Monday night at around 930 fit into it? Because before we got on this, you told me that you have an ice cream date set up here at 930. Where does the ice cream fit on the Cliff Marshall plan? Yeah, I mean, so we got this one thing called Dream Delight. Um, and it's it's no uh, it, it's it's his ice cream with it's 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 kind of it's not healthy for you but it's not it's not not healthy for you so it's all right it's the ice cream that he he accepts so where, whenever where I go, is that a store or like a, a an ice cream no shop? It, it's a, it's an option you can get like I, I usually get it at jiffy treat so when i go there it's a dream delight i mean i i tried to get it i mean it's hard it's tempting you see all the other options yeah uh, I know. But when i go when i get when i do go to coach cliff I, I make sure i get that so he doesn't get mad at me smart but, um but yeah i mean it, it it tastes like any other it's like it's a certain ice cream. It's it's like chocolate. You can get chocolate any any flavor, but it's like it's called Dream Delight. So maybe you guys should you can try it out and see see how you like yeah. it. Yeah. No, do, do they make Dream Delight Rocky Road? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know about that one. Um. All right, Trey. We're really excited to talk to you because 
look, man, you're going into your senior year here, your fourth year. Now, I know they don't call it senior year because you have right. the extra COVID year if you want it. But for all intents and purposes, you're a senior. You've been there three years now. This is your fourth. And you've been through a lot. You've been through two different coaching staffs. You've been through multiple assistant coaches. You know, you've been through different styles of play. Um, and and you've been through a ton of injuries. Last year was the healthiest you, you've been. You started 25 games. You, may, you played in 32. And then this offseason, like you talked about, what this last offseason, how different has it been for you because of being healthy and just being finally comfortable in the coaching staff, the the plan, and your own health. Can you just talk about that from, from that perspective? Yeah, it's – I mean, it's been really nice just kind of being able to be involved. Um, I think just the hardest thing for me was, was not being able to be with my teammates on the court um, all seasons. I mean, because the – I mean, the one – the summer before was one of my healthiest summers, um, which, was, which was a great summer for me. But I, I think last summer really hurt and maybe taking a, st- a step back in the direction, which which was just really tough for me to kind of sit there all summer and watch um, from the outside looking in because you kind of get a feel with the, with the guys and all the new guys. I mean, with, with, and with the team we have this year, all the new guys coming in, I think it's been really helpful with me being on the court and kind of helping some of those guys adapt to the new new system, the coaches, because I, I have the most experience with, with this coaching staff, me and Xavier and Anthony. Um, I mean, we, we've, we've been around um, with these guys for – it's going to be a third year third now. Year. So, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I think that's a really big aspect with just being able to help these younger guys that are coming in, our transfers coming in to really kind of put them under a wing and, and lead them and guide them in the right direction for what the coaches want. I think I've gained that trust from Coach Woodson and the staff. Um, and they trust me to make the right decisions on the court and be a leader. So, I think my biggest thing is just making sure I am doing those things and being a leader and talking every day. And it's tough. And I think, I think it, we've done a good job so far, but we got to keep going. And I, I think we've done a really good job of kind of working out and getting into the gym and doing, doing the right things. Um, so I'm, I'm really excited about it. It's been, it's been really a blessing for me to be healthy and be a part of it. I wonder, you're clearly a leader on your high school team, not only through your play, you're the coach's son, you know, what's going on out there, what's supposed to be going on as you're now graduating to this role of the you, you guys the three you you mentioned um you are the leaders when you, you had trace last year who was not only the senior but also everybody's all american inevitably yeah. there is now a void to be filled is is it just coming to you naturally to the three of you guys do you just know what to do and you just do it or do you have to have conversations amongst yourself or do you say you know what tomorrow i need to go in and i need to say this to the guys yeah i think it's just constant reminders of yourself and you us talking to each other um and reminding each other that we're we're in it together um i think just being being so close and gaining those relationships in the summer in the summers is really huge for us because we we know that we are a young team. We got a lot of young guys, so it, it is on me and X and Anthony and the guys that have had experience, and even Malik and the sophomores that have played um, that that got to step up and lead. Because I mean, if we don't, no one else is going to do it. So I think just becoming and becoming more comfortable with stepping up and talking each day. It's not just us saying I got to say this or that. It's just doing the same thing, keeping the same routine every day, and doing the right things, saying the right things. Um, and then just picking up teammates when, when, when things aren't going as planned and stuff. So I, th- I think just 
having that constant reminder from our coaches, they've done a great job as well um, of talking to us and holding us accountable to, to be to be the leaders that we need to be, which is, it's, it's been a good a good uh, constant we've had um, this, this past summer. So, I notice that you're talking about all the new guys, the young guys, and I'm hoping you could just take us through a little bit from your perspective. The season's over. And you're mm-hmm. you're losing so many guys, so much experience, right. so much talent. What you're thinking then, and are you like the rest of us and sitting back here waiting to see what rabbits the coaching staff pulls out of their hat in this crazy trans transfer portal era? And then and how your perspective or thoughts on the upcoming season change as you see these guys who are now <laughs> committing to come to Bloomington. Yeah, um, and it, it was definitely like a, a shock after that season, after our season ended, and it was it was really upsetting because we we knew that the, that we had a team that could that could really make a run, um, and it was a great group of guys, and we we our seniors are really really special to me and all of our teammates, and we 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 do anything to go back and and do it again for those guys because they meant so much to us. Um, but I think just after that and just kind of taking it all in. Um, it, it was it was sad, but I think just being able to focus in on getting better and training with the guys that were coming back, we focused on the spring, just not really kind of looking on the outside, just focusing on each every day, getting better with each other um, and pushing each other with the guys that were going to stick around and come back. Um, and then the guys that we were recruiting go after him hard. I mean, I think we, we I went after Khalil um, and I remember just talking to him on the Instagram DMs, t- texting them. Uh, McKenzie, I mean, all those guys gave. We, I mean, they were already committed and stuff. And Chicago, those guys were committed. But just being a helper with the recruiting process was huge because um, the coaches wanted us to go out and help. And I, that's what I was that's what I was willing to do was to find guys that could assemble a roster and, and, and put us in position to win. And I think we've done that um, really well. And I, I'm excited to what we got, and I'm re- I'm ready to go and get this thing started. It it is a testament to your maturity and leadership that. You're a guy who just wants the best for Indiana University, and right. you're not worried about like protecting your spot, you know. Mm-hmm. So, and you you've established you're the starting two guard, and yet you want the best players to be there, and you've been helpful right. in recruiting all of them. Let's focus a little bit on the backcourt. Uh, talk to us about. We know Jakai's been limited because of the recovery mm-hmm. from his his knee, but let's yeah. talk about Gabe. And I also would love for you to talk about CJ because obviously yeah. he's a guy who comes in last year. He came in behind you. We talked to CJ recently. It was not the freshman year that he was hoping for, but mm-hmm. but seems to have an unbelievable attitude about it yeah. and, and seems poised for a big step. But let's talk about specifically CJ and Gabe and what you're seeing from them in, in summer workouts. Yeah. I think first off, CJ's um shown tons of improvement and his maturity has, has been has been really special to see i mean because i mean obviously it was a tough freshman year for him um in all aspects and I, I told him all year it's it's a challenging it's a challenging process for every freshman to go through everyone every freshman has those those things that they go i mean even my freshman year was one of the most challenging times i've been through with covid and everything going on so i, I told him that and he stuck with it, and I'm, I'm glad he did. And this summer, it, it's been paying off because he's been in the gym working hard and just doing all the little things that he needs to be doing to, to get better. Um, and every part of his game has grown, and it's going to keep growing um, just because he's, he's going hard and he's playing against good competition, like guys like me and X and 
Caleb and all those all those different guards. Are you matched up with him a lot in in scrimmages and stuff and five on five? Yeah, I mean we're we we do guard each other a lot. I mean it's it's pretty much interchangeable with me, X, Gabe, CJ, and Anthony. All those guards, Mackenzie, Caleb. So I think just being being able to mix those guys and guard different people has been, has been really good for us um, to get a feel of different guys and what they like to do. I mean, because we play against each other every day, so we we kind of know what guys are going to do and stuff. So it's hard to it's hard to score, but it's making us better. But I mean, he he's he's a great scorer and can can really put the ball in the basket. So I, I've really been impressed with the things he's done so far this summer. It's been special to see, um, and, and Gabe as well. Um, him coming in, one of the hardest working kids I know. Um, just with his attitude and his work, work ethic, is, is, it's special to see a, a freshman coming in that maturity level that he already has. Because um, most freshmen, when they come in, are real quiet. Um, that's not him. He's, he's able to talk and kind of just be loud. He's, he's, he's a point guard and he, he wants to win. He's, he's a true winner. And you can tell that um, off gate when he first got set on campus. So he's been such. But I mean, all, all the other guards as well um, are, are improving and, and, and doing well. Is there is there an understanding between you and Gabe because you both just came from being your dad's your dad's players? You know, he came out of sure. the the same situation as you. Is there just an understanding you both have of where you come from on that? Yeah, um, I mean, I, I see a lot of similarities in our, in our games, um, just because that that there is that that knowledge of the game and that passion for the game that he has that I see in myself um, because he he wants to win. Um, we'll do anything it takes to win. So I, I think it's really cool to see that and have guys around the program that that want to that want to be a part of that and, uh, and win at the highest level. I think he's going to help us a lot this year with that. Uh, talk to us a little bit about the guy that we affectionately refer to as Groot from Guardians of the Galaxy, because that's what Khalil Ware looks like. He's like 14 <laughs> feet tall and just arms that go on forever. Uh, talk to us about. You know, I would imagine you've had some opportunity to throw him some alley-oops and and, yeah. and he's spreading the court for you, which makes it easier for you to drive into the right. lane, which we know is something that you're really good at as well. What's Khalil been like? He's been great. Um, I'm really enjoying him and ha- having him around because just his presence, just because how big he is and the way he affects the game, uh, just because his length and he can do so many things, can spread the court, can post, can, can ch- catch lobs, can rebound. So it does just about everything. Um, so I think it's been great to have him around because um, he, he can fill those gaps that we need, that he, he can block shots, run the floor, and do different things. Um, so he's a special talent, but we just got to keep staying on him um, and pushing because he, he's going to be a big piece for our 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 uh, program this year. And I think with him um, coming over from Oregon, it, it's, it's going to be a transition just because he's new, just like the freshman coach Woodson and stuff. So I think just him listening and, and doing the right things um, and following coach Woodson's lead, he's going to be special. Well, also real quick, let me just follow up on that real quick Ward, because Ward and I have had the um, pleasure of going to see some PAC 12 games out here in LA. Mm-hmm. We've gone and watched UCLA a few times and we both just kind of look at each other when we're watching like what they call defense, you know, outside of UCLA, because UCLA plays pretty tough defense because of Mick Cronin. But the rest of the guys, like, they just don't like touching each other really Mm. at all. (laughs) And it's it's just a totally different style of basketball. Now, offensively, I actually prefer it because it's it's more fun and free-flowing. But defensively, it's a different game. Has 
and I would imagine practices are very different. Has Khalil, have you seen that it's like been an adjustment for him just to deal with the physicality that happens with a Big Ten program built the way that Mike Woodson likes to build uh, his teams? Um, not physicality. I think he's he's pretty physical. Um, but I think just our defensive schemes and the way we do things, um, the way t- Coach Woodson teaches his defense is a lot different than others. Right. Uh, it, it's been successful. But I think just – it's going to be tough on a lot of those guys. Like I said, not just him, but the freshmen and other transfers coming in um, just to pick it up because it is hard. Um, there's, a, there's a lot of a lot of pieces to the puzzle that you have to learn um, to be successful in that defensive. Um, so I think just him taking it all in and and being willing to, to learn and to kind of just help um, be a part of, of something that's bigger than himself is, is going to be huge because I think it's – it it's it's hard because it's such a team defense that we have to come together and find ways to do different things that we're uncomfortable doing um, because it's different. But I, I think it's gonna, it's going to work out, and I think he'll be ready for it. I think about Mac, and obviously he's a freshman, but I can't really think of a recent player, maybe one that you've played with in your time there who has the kind of size and potential versatility. And I just wonder what you're seeing from a guy of that size, both inside and out and maybe in between, like what, what is he bringing, especially on the offensive end that yeah. we haven't seen for a while? A lot. Um, I mean, he's, he's special. I mean, that's like you said, with his height and his length, he's, he can do a lot of things um, that, that kind of just make you go, wow. Um, just because, he just he can put it on the floor, catch and shoot everything. He's he's got he's got it all three way three way score. I think just the things he does on offense is, is there's there's some times where kind of like wow, I mean, just do you just because he can't um, and he, he's able to make shots off the dribble um, and it's, it's shot it really well so far off the catch and I mean he, he's pushing me as a shooter as well, just getting wraps up and being in there every day. It, it, it motivates me to get in there as well because. And I see how, how good of a shooter he is, and it, it push it motivates all of us and pushes all of us to to become better shooters because he he can really shoot it. Yeah, the, his attitude also is just so business like and professional. Right. It reminds me a little bit of Jalen, to be mm-hmm. honest with you. Where like these guys yeah. come in, you know, at different stages, and they're they right. just this is uh, it, it. The days of being a pro don't start later; they start now, and you got to carry yourself like that. And Mackenzie and Jalen both seem to to fit into that mold. Um, I, I want to ask you the, the the most burning question because we talk about this so many times. The best thing of being a fan in college basketball is that you get to watch kids grow year to year to year. Now, the transfer portal and one and duns have changed that a little bit, made it harder. But it's what's so great about watching you and your Indiana career. And look, you you don't you're not deaf and you're not blind. So I'm sure you saw people talking and and writing about your shooting your first two years. Mm. And then something changed last year pretty drastically. And we I remember talking to Brian Walsh before last season began. And Walsh talked a little bit about some of the very minuscule details, mechanics, something about like your thumb and where it was on the ball. Can you tell us like, and, and just from, from not being an expert warden, I would watch games and go, man, the shot looks different. It it does look different. 
And it obviously went in a lot more. What did you work on and how satisfying was it to see the results that happened? Yeah, um, I think just from the start of my injury, um, I kind of really reset my shot because, I mean, I, I grew up as a shooter, always being in the gym and being able to make shots. And that was my, that was my thing, which is being just a shooter growing up. So I, I've always just seen myself as, as being a good shooter. Um, and that I means sometimes you go through certain spurts where it, it you go through mental battles of making shots. Um, and I think that that was a really big thing of mine was a mental battle and a mental block that I had on my shot just because not to make any excuses, but I had some injuries on my wrist. Um, oh, yeah, to- I mean, like, that's not an excuse. I mean, clearly <laughs> when your wrist, you, you, you broke your wrist, right? In high school. Yeah. Um, and then did, landed did your on shot it. mechanically change after that. Yeah. I, I think just the, the mobility of my wrist was, it, it was kind of not there for a while. And I think just the feel of it, I was real flat in my shot. Um, and that's one of the biggest things last year I really tried to fix was like I said, I, I really kind of reset everything and kind of started from the beginning um, and started to sh- not change everything, but just small things that I see, I saw from, honestly way in the beginning when I first was, was like a young shooter. Um, but I, th- I think coach Walsh, um, co- like Jordy Halls, those guys really put time and effort into helping me um, become a better shooter um, and kind of just tweak some things. And it wasn't anything major. Like I said, just shooting the ball up. Um, and now I think was, that's the biggest thing for me and being more game like shots, game ready shots and being down the stance and stuff. And, catching it and shooting it with confidence. And I think the one thing was confidence and with those reps that I took, I, I, I probably shot, I don't know how many shots I took last summer, but it, it was a lot. And I mean, if, when you, you get up that many reps or you've got to make a lot. And I think just the confidence came with that and carried over in the season as I, as I kept working on it and stuff. And it's carried over this, this summer as well. That's great. Well, and so being confident with the mechanics, the release, the little tweaks you made with such great mentors as uh, Brian Walsh and Jordy Holes, I wonder now in this offseason, uh, how are you trying to add to that? Uh, you know, because I think one thing uh, we're looking at this season and we're all, you know, the question for Indiana fans over the last few seasons is where's the outside shooting coming from? And seeing you step up last year was a huge piece of the puzzle we see a couple of these guys coming in improvement from a couple of the other guys but for you just as a scorer what tools are you trying to add to your tool belt yeah i think um scoring in multiple ways um because i'm able to get downhill um and, and make make that kind of a floater and get some rim floater. um but i think just kind of like more that middle game um the pull up and trusting it because I, I know I can make it, but it's just being able to trust it. Because I, mean, I, I haven't really took that shot before, so it's not like when you don't take certain shots, you, you don't really trust yourself shooting them. But like when, when I'm shooting around and doing certain things, I, I know I can make it, but it's just kind of getting those reps where you, you kind of start to trust yourself to take those shots and make them. And I think just different things, catching um, balls off the move and being able to shoot off the move on a three. Um, and I think also just being able to get downhill and finish through contact. Um, because I, I think that's one thing I can focus on. Cause I'm not athletic enough to get downhill and get to the rim. So I think just getting back to finishing through contact and doing different things. Um, and honestly, I can always keep improving on my, my three point shot and 
keep extending the range and stuff. So a lot, a lot of those things. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's we're, we're expecting it to, you know, just to keep progressing like it has. So you're going to clock about 60% from out there. Right, this year. exactly. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. see but, Take that, Jordy. It's, it's a really interesting thing when you talk about repetition. And even when you change something minimally, the number of reps you need to put into it so that it becomes natural for you and you're not thinking about it is, is astronomical. And actually it reminds me of the same thing you were talking about with like Woody's defense. I would imagine that now going into your third year, there's less like wheels turning and you're just reacting and you get the concepts now. Whereas for young guys, I think, and we saw it with CJ and Caleb and Malik. There were times where you could just see the wheels turning because they're trying to do the right thing instead of just playing. But it's amazing that you were able to tweak things with your shot last year and probably while still getting comfortable with it, shot as well as you did. Do you feel like you're at a place now with your shot where you're not even thinking about it and and the the mechanics are locked in? You don't have to worry about that? Yeah, I think I'm pretty much gotten to that point um just working out this summer and really focusing on taking one step at a time and 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 taking these eight weeks and and really focusing on getting better um I I think it's really I've really locked it in to where I'm now I'm just so focused and and locked in I'm being able to make shots that it kind of is starting to come naturally that I can take those shots and it feels the same way every time um and that's one thing I want to get to is Every time I shoot it, it feels the same way every time, miss or make. Um, right. But I just wanted to be consistent. And I think that's one thing I, I could improve on last year was just making it consistent every single time where it feels the same way every time. So I think I'm, I'm getting there um, closer and closer every day. You mentioned right. the, just the ability to, to lock in and to focus. Is that something you've noticed improving as you've gone through your college career? Just a longer attention span at getting better at what you want to get better at? Yeah. I think so. I mean, because when you're a freshman, there's so many different things going through your mind. Um, like, what what do I do to to not mess up so a coach doesn't get mad or take me? Because you're you're so focused on the wrong things. Because mm. uh, you you don't want to mess up because you want to be perfect. But, I mean, you're going to make mistakes and do do the things wrong because I mean, you're a freshman and you're learning. But I think now that I kind of matured and know what what is right and what's wrong. Um, with our system and what the things that do, I think I just kind of go out there and play and be free. Um, Cause I know I, I had that trust with coach Woody and I'm, I'm going to make mistakes still and do things that most guys do is it, and if you're not perfect in all these games, but I think I know that now that through the mistakes, I can keep playing and, and make the right reads. Cause I, I'm going to make the right reads most of the times, even through some of those mistakes. So it's good. All right. Let's talk a little bit about last season because wait, it was a wait. Group- should we just get his thoughts on some of the like the couple other three players? Sure. Yeah, because I think people love to hear what you guys are seeing from each other. Um, it's such each of you has a unique perspective on the other, and I think one we're all tantalized by in in snippets last season was Caleb. But you know, freshman, a lot of guys in front of him. Um, what have you seen from him really since he showed up in Bloomington, but, you know, especially from say the time this last season ended to where he's at today? Yeah. Um, I think a lot of improvements. I think he's one thing about Caleb, he's willing to get better and willing to learn. Um, and I think he's done a great job of listening to the older guys and the coaches um, of finding ways to get better 
so he can get on the court and stuff. So I, I think he's a, he's a great talent. He's really athletic and he's got great size as well. Um, he's just, he's still learning to use his body um, mm-hmm. as a six, eight player because he, he's, he's, he's huge and, and really athletic and can guard multiple positions. So I think just, still learning those different positions. Like I said, those, the defensive schemes that we have, he's still learning those and he's done a great job of improving um, and being in the gaps and being able to be athletic and make athletic plays on defense and turning into offense. I think that's one thing he's really good at is being able to get out and run and transition and, and like in transition um, and be able to get steals and, and push it has, has been a part of his game that he can be really good at and effective. And he's done a great job of that. Do you find him as funny as many of your teammates have told us he is? He is. I mean, he doesn't even try to be funny either. He kind of just is just because he, he's he's not quite, I mean, he's he's not quiet, but like he comes off as quiet and just kind of goofy. Um, but yeah, he, he's never actually trying to be funny. He's just, he kind of just is a funny guy. He says it's because he's from Georgia. He says it's because where he's from that you Northerners just laugh at him because <laughs> of where he's from. That could be it. Him, him and Jan, <laughs> Jakai, they're all right. They're all pretty funny. Um, I imagine that you're only a year ahead of Peyton Sparks. Uh, I would imagine that you guys crossed paths a little bit, maybe back in your Indiana high school and AAU days. Did you know Peyton at all from from back then? And if not, what is your impression of the guy who is built like a sub zero refrigerator? Um, I actually didn't know him in high school at all. Um, okay. I didn't didn't really know of him until last year when he was at Ball State. I didn't even know he was from, he was from Indiana until I met him. Um, but, I mean, I think he's he's really done a great job transitioning um, to our program. I, I think one thing he's done the best is just been a great talker. Um, the way he talks on and off the court, um, it's, it's been really huge for because he, he's, he's, he's very vocal, and we need that. We need guys that, that want to be vocal and come in because um, it, it shows confidence and it shows – that you're willing to put yourself outside your, I mean, put your teammates first um, and kind of step yeah. outside. I think he's done a great job of that. And I mean, he's big and physical and tears the rim off when he goes and dunks it and stuff. So he's doing, he's doing a great job helping us and he's, he's smart on defense and plays physical. And I, I think that's one thing we need in the big 10 is just physicality. He brings that. All right. We got to talk about a dude who probably has as high expectations as anybody on the team coming back. Malik, what are you seeing from that guy? Malik's my guy. Um, I think we, me and him become really close um, this past year. I, I, I really love his game because um, he's special talent. Um, but I think just kind of keep pushing him to be special because he is special. I, I think he, he knows that. But I think just going hard every day is his biggest thing that he needs to focus on because he, he he's going to be a big piece to our offense and defense just because he can run the floor so well. Um, and, and can handle it, and he's going to bring it up for us a lot, I think, too, as well, just because he can he can really handle it and do a lot of huh. things. Um, and his it, shots improved a lot as, as well, too, because um, he was able to shoot it. I think, like I said, just confidence and taking game rep, game game reps and stuff, and doing those things every day, so he, he can be ready to shoot it and make it in games is big. But I'm I'm really high on Malik, and we've worked out together a lot, and. That connection that we got, it's, it's really special. He's a funny guy too, right? He's got a great he might, personality. He might, be, he might be the funniest guy on the team, I think, to me. All right. Now, have yeah. you 
uh, as you've built a relationship, are you trying to get him to up his fashion game? Because we know that's important to you. Have you have you gone shopping with him? Maybe done a wardrobe clean out? Uh, no, we haven't done a wardrobe clean out, but he, he's got some fashion. He's got he's got some stuff to his game. I'm not like – I wouldn't say I'm the, I'm the most fashionable guy on the team. I, I'd probably give that to X. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah X oh. has got some swag. I'll give it to X, but I mean like – when I try, I'd say I, I'm definitely along the lines of being the best. Um, yeah. But I mean, there's times, where, there's times where there's times where it's not. But when it's needed, uh, I'll post. I'll put them together. How would you How would you describe your fashion look if you had to describe it to somebody using just a few words? How would you describe it? Um, it's a good question. I've never really been asked that before, but. I'd say well, different. That's what you get on the Hoosier Hysterics <laughs> podcast. Questions about your fashion style. I'd say different. Um, okay. Just because like, there's a lot of things I, I wear that I kind of just like, I don't really care who else likes it. It's if I like it, I'm going to wear it. Um, and I'm not, I'm not really worried about like, I mean, they, there's obviously some trends that I like to follow and see people wear that I want to wear. But I mean, like if it's something that I like, really like, I, I'm, I'm going to wear it. Um, so I, I think it's it's different for sure. Um, and there's where something... are we where are we with baggy versus tight jeans right now? Where where I, are we at? I like baggy. Baggy. That's baggy. where we're at now. I like tight jeans. I, I like baggy sweatpants, baggy baggy jeans. Um, the only thing I like tight are shorts. Like when I'm playing, because I mean yeah. I, I like to go through the legs and stuff without it interrupting. The basketball and stuff. What I, about I, shirts? Shirts? Are we baggy shirts? Or are we tight fitting, slim fitting shirts? That's pretty that's baggy. Kind of baggy, uh, but it depends on what I'm wearing. I mean, you can either go baggy on baggy, but I sometimes I like going tight shirts with the baggy pants. It looks good sometimes. Yeah. It all, all depends on what I'm feeling, uh, but I, I think I can pull off both. Yeah, yeah. So can Ward. Yeah, I, no, it works. Sure can. Um, look, I, you know, I was going to save this for later and, and for all seven female listeners, viewers we have, I'm sure that's they're pretty, not true. That is, we've I, got many more than that. We do. We do. Um, but they've, you know, any, look, anybody interested in good hair is like, wh- wh- why are you hiding that from the camera? And, um, and, but what it has allowed me to do for the first time ever is appreciate your eyebrows. Do you get a mm-hmm. lot of compliments on your eyebrows? I do. Um, a lot of people think I like get them done or it's things like that, but I I don't really I, I don't I've never really gotten done before. I mean, when I go to the get my hair cut. I mean, my barber kind of messes with them a little bit, but like nothing, nothing ever too serious. But I got that from my mom. She's got kind of like thicker eyebrows, so I I, I thank my mom for that. Yeah, the, the the ladies in my life have made me you know just appreciate a good eyebrow. And uh, I would imagine, yeah, that's the thing everybody is all about, uh, talking to you about your hair. But I bet there's ladies come along and be like, oh, I would kill for your eyebrows type of thing. A couple. There's a couple. (laughs) All right. Now let's go to last year and talk a little bit about some highlights from last year. Because your season started pretty hot. I mean, especially in big games. And when you look at the big games that we played and big wins, you Mm -hmm. figure pretty heavily in many of them. Let's start. Let's just go right to the North Carolina game. North Carolina, preseason number one. When they came into Bloomington, they were still highly ranked. Yeah. What? What? I mean, look, you've been in big games at Indiana in big environments. 
but there's something different about when a one of those blue bloods comes to town right. because it doesn't happen very often. In fact, I don't think it's happened for you since your career started at Indiana, has it? Where one of those big time that, well, did that was, Duke did, did Duke no, come? Never, no, because we were at Florida State my freshman year. Right. So what was that environment like for you and how excited were you to play in that game? Yeah, I mean that was the one of the best environments I've been in, just because like the whiteout. Um yeah. and the anticipation of it was just incredible. I think the way we played was also really special. Um, so it, it it was really it was really cool to be a part of that game. I mean, because there were so many so many people ready to to go for that. And I, I think we we came out hot and it was one of the best games I I've played in for sure. Eleven points in that game. You went for three rebounds, two assists, five of seven shooting from the field. The first like kind of major game that you had played in in that last season. Pretty incredible performance. Uh, and it seemed like that got you rolling and the confidence was high because not long after that was the Nebraska game where you went off in the Nebraska game. 20 points, four rebounds, one assist. What do you remember from that game and how good were you feeling in that game? Uh, well, I mean, I remember Trace getting to a double, which is really cool. Um because I mean that's that's one uh, that's one of the marks that hasn't been reached in forever. So I think right. just that, that was really special on his part, and I think the his last assist was, was to me to get that last bucket. So that was pretty nice. cool. Yeah, I do remember. Um, so that, that that was a really cool moment to kind of be a part of that um, and have him do that. But I think just um, I know I know I made a couple threes that game. No, 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 no. You didn't make a couple. You went four of six from the three point line. You hit yeah. four in that yeah. game it was feeling good um yeah. I, I, it was but no it was fun we, we it was good to kind of just get get on a good start at home with the big 10 so it was, it was a good win now a couple games we won't spend a lot of time on because they didn't turn out too well for us but what they are indicative of is indiana taking its rightful place back up in the elite of college basketball we talked about the north carolina game going out to Vegas against Arizona, going to yeah. Kansas. You grew up knowing what Indiana basketball should be at times was, you know, in the Cody era. Um, did you feel, even going into the season, but as you're going through and you're battling with these teams, um, that, yes, this is the program that I came to play for? And did you feel like you you are now a part of the the generation of players bringing it back to where it's supposed to be. Yeah. I mean, both those games were, were really cool to be a part of. I mean, the, the game against Arizona at in Las Vegas was almost like a home game for us. Um, and even Kansas, I mean, that, that's one of the best environments in college basketball. Um, and I, I think it's really special to kind of be a part of that because it is, it does feel like it, it means something just to be back in those games and back in those serious moments. And I think, I mean, it obviously wasn't the way we ended, wanted to end, end, end up, but um, the good thing is we do get another shot at Kansas at home. Yeah, um, I'm really, really excited for it just because I, that was probably one of my worst games last year, um, and I'd do anything to have that game back. Um, but we, I'm, I'm glad we get another shot on them at home, so I'm excited for that one. Uh, I'll have my um, I'll have a circle for sure. But I, I think, like you said, just having that 
those blue, blue buds and playing those teams, it, it's what you want to do. You want to play the best and beat the best. So it, it was special. I want to talk about a, a, a three-game stretch for you in the in the early part of the Big Ten season. We started off terrible in the Big Ten, right? We started off one and four. But yeah. then there was a stretch of games where we went on a winning streak. And there were three games that were all historically very difficult games for us. Wisconsin, which always plays as difficult. At Illinois, which is always okay. a tough place to play. And Michigan State who's always a difficult team. And in those three games, you go for eight points and five rebounds against Wisconsin at Illinois, 11 points, Michigan state, 17 points, three assists and three for three from three. It felt like, and look, we knew what trace was going to give us, right? Like you knew that. And it seemed like once X went down, we kind of knew what Jalen was going to give us most nights, but we didn't have that third person. Who's that third scorer. And you, in many games, stepped up to be that. And especially after the one and four start, it just seemed like something started clicking for you. You got more aggressive. Your shot was more confident. Do you remember kind of something clicking at that one and four point that that helped propel you for the rest of the season? Yeah, um, I just remember being really pissed. <laughs> I mean, it, it was it was such a tough battle. I mean, because. I mean, we had two injuries, two starters go down, and we're we're trying to fight and get used to it, and um, we're 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 hearing everything. We're one and four. We're, we're expecting to have such a big year, big season. I, I think we all kind of just came together, and we're like, I mean, we, we we can either let this season go to waste, so we can really fight back and find ways to really get ourselves back in it and save our season. And that's one thing we really did was we we fought back. And I feel like one thing I needed to do was kind of just come in and, and, and fight like hell. Um, and that's one thing we all did because we, it could have went south really fast. Yeah. And it wasn't, wasn't easy. I mean, cause like you said, well, the games you said it was one and at, four, we, 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 you know, we started off splitting Nebraska yeah. and Rutgers, but then yeah. lost to at Iowa Northwestern yeah. at home at Penn state. Yeah. But then we, the next game we won was Wisconsin, which they were yes. ranked. And yeah. that, that was an easy game. Um, Illinois, was really good and on the road on, on the road, road. Michigan and then state. michigan state it wasn't easy i think we kept i think we ended up winning six in a row for that with five in a row yeah five, five in, a in a row but then like but like eight, eight of, of your next nine yeah, yeah right yeah uh, i think we really turned it around and i think just myself individually was found found a way to kind of step up my game because i needed to um everyone else did as well which was great it really does you know out here in the peanut gallery and you said you you were hearing it 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 felt existential like the whole woody era seemed to maybe been to be in danger like oh maybe this isn't gonna work it yeah. goes the other way you guys rally together eight of nine mm -hmm. i wonder you know not to we'll, we'll get back into the season itself but do you think coming out of that sort of crucible of losing those games and having everybody wanting to jump off the ship and be like, it's not working. Um, does it kind of help define who you guys are now? Like that, I guess in the idea that you said it brought you closer together, but I'm also wondering, you know, just in terms of what it means to, to, to be an Indiana basketball player in this program, in this culture, did it, 
instill like a, a toughness, a like we don't give up no matter what type of mentality that still holds true today? Yeah, I think so. Um, just because, I mean, we finished, ended up finishing third, which is from a one, one and four stars is crazy to think about um, just yes. because how, how stacked the Big Ten really was and without, without our starting point guard. Um, I, I just always like to think, I mean, what if we did have him? I mean, I, I think our season would be even crazier. I mean, just because he helped us so much, and it's going to help us so much next year. I'm, I'm so glad to have him back with us um, just because he's, he's, he's one of my favorite players to play with just because he plays so hard and kind of the way he guards is, is the way I like to guard as well. We can get up into people and stuff. So I just having him back is special. And I'm, I'm really excited to get him back, but yeah, I think just it carries over because it, we have some of those guys back that were a part of it and, and know what it takes to win, to make the tournament, um, to be at the top of the big 10 because we were last year. So I, th- I think it does carry over um, because we, we know, we now know that we still have that toughness and that experience that when things are going tough, we, we can still find ways to get out of that slump and, and get back into it. Cause it's a long season. I mean, this 20, 20 big 10 games, um, each one matters and it, it, it certainly did when we went on that um, that win streak. You know, Indiana fans fall in love with every player that commits to Indiana immediately. It's an immediate love affair. But there are special players that forge a unique bond with the fan base before they even get to Indiana because of a narrative that, that happens. Like, I'll give you an example. Gabe Cups. Gabe Cups has a love affair with Indiana fans because of how hard he's been recruiting other guys in his class and, and other guys that he knows. And we know that he's been recruiting hard and how many games he came to. You have a special place in Indiana fans' hearts because of what you did before you came to Indiana, after you committed, where you put that box of Purdue bullshit gear out on your front lawn with a sign that said, giving it away for free. (laughs) <laughs> right after you committed, people fell in love with that tray. You knew what you were doing. You know how Indiana fans feel about Purdue. And you played two games against Purdue last year, the number one team in the country for more of the season than any other team, the prohibitive favorite uh, going into the NCAA tournament. And you had, I would argue, your best two basketball games or two of your best basketball games in your career against those teams. Let's break it down and talk about the first game at home, number one Purdue coming to town, a chance for Indiana to beat the number one team in the country for the first time in a decade. What was that like? Um, I'm a, I mean, honestly, it was, it was, it was crazy. Um, just because, like I said, there's like the North Carolina game, the anticipation that it had for it was special. Um, and the crowd that we had was absurd. Um, I think just our game plan, I mean, because how good they were and how hard it was to, the stop, to stop them because they, I mean, they were so hot at that time and playing so well. I think we had to have a special game plan and have a special kind of connection that whole game and fight. I think we had that the whole time. And I was really proud of our guys, just the way we fought the whole time. And one that first half was probably one of the best halves we've we played all year. Um, maybe it may have not was, but I think just knowing 
that we believed that we could beat them um, and we weren't afraid of them at all, which was, was, was really cool. Is there any concern to your physical person being close to Zach Eady in terms of like, if he doesn't see me, he might step on me and end my career, if not my life? Or, or are you able to just completely black that out, block that out from your mind when you're on the court with truly one of the largest human beings on the planet? Yeah. Um, I mean, it's, it's crazy to see it because every time you do see him, it's like, wow, like I really don't understand, truly understand how big he is until you're actually on the court with him and playing against him. Um, just kidding. I mean, he's, he's, he's unstoppable force down there cause he's so big and clears out so much space and has good touch and everything. But I mean, when you're in the moment, you're not really thinking about that. I mean, you're just going out there to compete. Um, and that, that's one thing I do is, is you, know, you can't back down because and I, I think we did a great job of not backing down because none of none of our guys and Trace, anybody, race, whoever was guarding him, they didn't they didn't really care how big he was. I mean, it's all about competing. Um, and he's a great player at the end of the day, but we we went out there and competed and it came out with the win, which is great. Well, incredible games. And by the way, eleven points, three steals in the first game at home for you against Purdue. Thirteen points, four rebounds, five assists at the game there. Three for four from the three point line, and we're going to talk about that. But look, one of the things that Indiana fans love about you is that you play with an edge. You need an edge. You play hard. You, you're the kind of guy that the other teams hate because you're always up in a guy defensively. You're diving on the floor. You're a pleasure to watch. Did you get bothered at all by all the talk about these freshman guards from Purdue, Braden Smith and Fletcher Lawyer, two Indiana guys that other teams didn't recruit, and they're the starting guards for the number one team in the country, and you shut them down for a, a lot of both of those games, and you're guarding both of them, Braden Smith, a lot. Did you take that personally a little bit when they when you played those games last year? Um. I mean, yeah, I'd say so. I mean, just because, I mean, they, with all your, I mean, like they, they had the respect because they, they were number one in the country. Sure. Um, they are, they are really good players. Um, but like, like I said, it, it doesn't really matter who it is. I mean, at the end of the day, we all want to go out there and just compete. Um, I mean, obviously, produce a special rivalry, um, and you want to go out there and, and and play your best game. I think I think we really did. Um, but no, I mean, it, I don't really get caught up in that. I mean, because, like I said, there are good players. Um, they they really helped their team have a great great season this year. Um, but at the end of the day, Wait, it was all- I'm sorry. Are you talking about the season where they were a number one seed and lost to a 16 seed, the Fairleigh Dickinson? Is that the season you're talking about? That was after they lost yeah. to you twice. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that season, right? Okay, I just want to make sure we're talking about the same season. <laughs> yeah, no, I guess they won the Big Ten, um, so you got to give them that. Um, I know, I know. Is to win a Big Ten. Um, so um, the good thing we we have this year, um, we're going to compete for it this year. So, like I said, it, it was it was fun going out there competing with them, and I'm glad we got the win. I, being a Peru boy, not too far away, about 40 minutes from Culver, we are a little bit 
close to the Purdue area of the state. Um, mm. Are there people back home who are Boilermakers who uh, it was very difficult to go back home after rejecting them and then, you know, losing to them early on in your career? Was it just easier to go back home and walk around and not have to? Uh, I mean, I'm sure you didn't necessarily go after them about it, but just not take shit from people for yeah. losing to Purdue. Yeah, no, it's really easy because um, <laughs> when, when you win, they can't do anything. Um, so you want to keep that going as much as possible because you don't want to hear from any of them. Because I mean, There are so many IU fans and Indi- Purdue fans in the state of Indiana, um, no matter where you go. And at home, being so close to Purdue, um, there's a lot There's a lot, lot of them there. So I think just not taking it um, and winning and doing – winning cures at all, I mean, because they can't really – once you win. So I don't, I don't ever really talk – any smack because I don't need to. I flip my games when I talking, but no, nah, it's it's good. There are two plays that I can think of that did not result in a good play for Indiana that are still talked about by fans. One of them was an alley oop pass from Jordan Hulls to Victor Oladipo, where he caught it like behind him and almost put it in, and people still talk about it. The second is you trying to dunk on Zach Eady <laughs> and missing it by like just a i mean like an eighth of an inch i mean he didn't block you you i mean it just didn't go in walk us through that play and i will tell you like i usually get really pissed off with miss dunks because it's frustrating as a fan to watch that but i was so happy that it showed like you didn't give a shit you were going right at this bond villain freak show and you didn't care and it just showed a fight that we've been waiting for, I think, for years from Indiana that we're seeing in the last couple of years. But walk us through that play, and how much does it kill you that it didn't go down? Yeah, I know it hurts because um, I hear it all the time from people like he's like, "You almost made that dunk on on him." But I mean, there's gonna be plenty more opportunities um, down the road. Um, but I mean, yeah, you wanted to go in because it's one of those dunks where it's like, "Oh man, if I had that again, I would definitely." put it down this time. Um, but I mean, it's cool to look back on just because we got the win. So thankfully it didn't affect the yeah. outcome. But we what up. was it? Did you, did when you got the ball and you were going up for it, like oh, when I, did you make the decision? Oh no, I made it, I made it in the timeout before. Cause that, really? that, that play was drawn for me. And I told my teammates, I was like, I'm like, no matter what, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to go up and dunk this. Um, and that, you can ask any of those guys. I think I told Anthony, um, and CJ, some of those guys, I was like, I'm, I'm going to go try to this. Um, cause we, it was a timeout drawn, drawn, that play was drawn for me. It was like a handoff and like a pitch bag for me to get downhill. Um, and I was going to go up no matter what. I just, I'm just pretty upset. I missed it. But like I said, Trey, in the day. that how cool is it Trey for you? I mean, look, when you and Anthony committed to Indiana, I think everybody thought of both of you guys unfairly as role players. These guys are going to come in and serve a role. They'll be good for your guys, but you, you know, you have, you have earned your spot on this team and you did it early, but how cool is it that you're not only a big part of the, the, the team and you have a, a, you're a starter, but that you're getting plays drawn up for you on the road at Purdue. When you have trace Jackson Davis on the team, when you have Jalen hood, Shafino on the team, how, awesome is that do you allow yourself i mean i get it you haven't you haven't won anything big yet you haven't achieved the goals you want 
But do you allow yourself to just kind of use that as motivation to to go even to the next level? Yeah, it definitely like you 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 feel good about those kind of things. You feel good that your coach has trust in you to to, to draw plays for you because he trusts you to make the right reads and to do the right things on offense. Um, so I think it it that feels good because when you gain that trust, you can, you can take that and and use it as confidence and and gain more confidence with that um, and do certain things to keep proving that coach can keep draw, drawing plays for you. Um, so I think it's special, especially having a coach like Woody being able to trust me on the offensive end. I think just kind of growing that trust, even going into my senior year, um, just being able to expand my offense and showing them this summer that what I can do, um, it's, it's been good. Awesome. Well, and that play was drawn up in the context of a performance by Jalen hood Shafino that will never be forgotten, not oh. only – for all of those 35 points, but that it was in Mackey in a victory. Um, give us your perspective, whether it's it's during the game or afterwards and realizing what he had accomplished. W- what was your take on what this this freshman from Montverde came in and did to the Boilers? I mean, out there in the first half, it didn't really hit me because um, you're, you're so caught up in the moment. Um, and that first half, kind of trying to catch your breath and, adapt to the crowd. Um, but I mean, at halftime, we're kind of just looking around. We're like, he's got like 20 something points. It's like, what, like what is going on? Like he's, he's single-handedly keeping us in this game. Um, and then like, cause I, I'm, I'm not really big on checking stats during the game or looking at that or anything. But I mean, after the game, once we, we kind of knew how many points he really had and I was like, wow, like he, he really just put on a clinic. Um, we were all really happy for him. And I mean, he's a special talent. I mean, I'm really happy that he's in a great position to be successful in the league. Um, he deserved that uh, much so. I, I think what he did was is, was really cool to see and be a part of, um, and I'll never forget it. Um, look, we our time with you is running out because the ice cream is calling soon. <laughs> um, obviously, the season ends with making the NCAA tournament and winning a game. Your second NCAA tournament. Uh, your first victory in the round of 64, beating Kent State. Uh, and then, truthfully, while the team did not play well against Miami, you had a pretty good game against Miami, including five steals, um, which, again, I look, I know you're not into individual stats, but, again, a guy that I, I don't think people knew what kind of game you had, and here you are, a guy who goes out against Purdue twice against a more, let's call it a half-court team with mm. slower guards, and you score in double figures against both games home and away. But then you're playing against Miami, who's a Final Four team with a bunch of athletes on the floor, and you're going for eight points, three rebounds, two assists, five steals. You're showing how much you have grown, which has been so much fun. What was just the tournament experience like this year how cool was it to be back in the NCAA tournament and not have to be on a 3 a.m. flight from Dayton yeah. to Portland? Oh, it, it was really cool. Um, and getting that experience, you want to do anything to get back to that um, just because how fun it is. And you don't really realize it till it's it's over and you're sitting in that locker room and everyone's down and you're like, well, what, what could we have done to prevent this from happening? Um, but now, I mean, focusing on getting better, so we can get back to the position and build every day leading up to that. We can put ourselves in that position to, to be right back in that spot. We're, we're going to work for that. Um, and I know, I know we're going to get back to that position. Um, we're going to take advantage every day to, 
to find ways to get back to that um, and be more successful. Um, so I think it just starts right now, and it started right at the season into of us just training every day and doing the right things to build up to that to that point. When we get there, we know we'll be ready. Love it. Well, and I've, I've got to ask because I think it was such a – it was sort of a happy way to end the season uh, a couple months later um, to see Trace and Jalen fulfill lifelong dreams of hearing their name called in the NBA draft. Um, right. Did you get to watch that? I know you were live. You were with Trace, right? Yeah, I was. There. Yeah, so just take us through, like, how it was for all you guys seeing Jalen get picked. And then, you know, there was some suspense and some tension before yeah. Trace ends up landing in an absolutely ideal spot. Can you just take us through that evening uh, from, from your point of view? Yeah, I mean, it's really a cool experience. I mean, because I, I, there's, there's some guys that I know. Sorry, hold on. Sorry. Can you hear me? Yeah, mm-hmm. we got you. Yeah, so there, there's some guys that I know that have gotten drafted before. Um, it, it's cool to see that. But, I mean, as having, like, a teammate being drafted is a whole different story. Um, and it, it's it's really cool, to be, like, knowing that you play with them and went to war with them every day. Um, and I'm just really proud of Jalen and Trace um, just because I know how hard they both worked and what it takes to, to really get – they know what it takes to really get there, and they, they did it. Um, and I mean, I know both of them aren't satisfied and they're going to keep growing, um, and, and be really big parts to, um, both, both the organizations that they're, they're with, um, and have a long career down the road. All right, Trey, we're going to let you go, but real quick, you're a senior now. Mm -hmm. Uh, you've been in Bloomington for a long time. So your opinion here matters. Favorite restaurant in Bloomington? Um, Osteria, the Mm -hmm. Italian my favorite, it's my favorite the restaurant. one right by Nick's, right? Yep, the on that little corner. It's kind of ducked off. You're gonna make a reservation for it, but it's worth it. I love it. It is great. That is great. What is the least favorite class you've had to take? Uh, that's a good question. I don't want to get in trouble. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's in the uh, past. It's in the past. They can't give you a bad grade now. That's true. Uh, I'm, <laughs> I'm not gonna I'm not gonna answer that one. Like I, I like all my classes. I, I love them. Very diplomatic. Yeah. All right. You're in. You're in that little alley, uh, next to Osteria Ragu, right? Isn't that what it's called, yeah. Osteria Ragu? You're in that yeah. little alley. It's three in the morning. I don't know why you're out at three in the morning, but you are. And there's some guys coming with Purdue colors. They're coming after you because they don't like that you waxed that ass last year twice. You have one guy on your team that you can pick to be in a fight with you against these three giant Boilermakers. Who are you picking? No rules. No rules. Oh, I'm picking um, Anthony Leal. Really? That, that's that's my roommate uh, for four years. We've been together. We know how. We know what we need to do to to take some people on. So, and if, there's you, no. I, I don't know. I don't know what to say. What he would do, but it, it would get physical. I know that for a fact. Do you? Would he? Would he bite someone's nose off if it came down to it? He bites something off. I don't know. No. <laughs> oh, All right. I think that's where we end it. Trey, you know. I've had the pleasure and Ward has too of getting to know your parents. I've sat next to them at many games and I love your family. Uh, We've loved getting to know you over the last few years. And I'm telling you, man, I mean what I said about the best part of being a fan in college basketball is watching a kid grow. But for you, I got to tell you, man, watching you grow off the court has been equally as fun. Your maturity, just how much more comfortable you seem in, 
in who you are as a as a young man and and growing yeah. into a, a man uh, that's going to embark on a professional career. It's been a joy to watch, and you are so much fun to watch on the court. And love that you're entering your senior year with a team that's exciting as hell, and you're going to help yeah. lead us to those those goals that I know you and Anthony uh, and X want to achieve as the leaders right. of this team. I appreciate you guys. Thanks for having me on. It's always a pleasure to talk to you guys. Appreciate we're gonna, it. We're going to be rooting like hell for you this year, man. Yes, sir. Are you, am, I, am I seeing you guys at the camp this year? You guys of playing? Of course. Come you on. Know it. Good. Good. So, we'll, so we'll, after we'll all those nice things we just said, you got to draft one of us. <laughs> oh, exactly. I mean, I, I had word of my team last year. How'd that word go? Last year. That was good. We we're a pretty good team. We 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 fell short, but I'll be we the did. head coach this year. Oh, you head coach. Yeah, yeah. there you I'll, go. I'll be head coach this year. So, well, look, coach, fun. coach, we Thanks. did a lot better than the team that drafted Eric, didn't we? Didn't oh, I know. I mean, I'm, I, if I remember correctly, that last game, I think we beat them by forty. Yeah, yeah. If I remember correctly, I feel like you were setting out the goal because we were up by twenty at halftime. You're like, we're yeah. gonna beat him by forty. <laughs> if we're up by twenty at halftime. We might as well by forty. What do you guys think I'm about that? I'm a good teammate, and I would never throw my teammates under the bus. But they all fucking quit. Okay, that's what I'm gonna say. They all quit. <laughs> I was playing hard. They all quit. But I would never throw them under the bus. But every yeah. single one of them quit. That's all I'm gonna say. Oh, we'll we'll see. We'll see. Maybe we we'll get you guys on the same team this year. We'll see. No, that's. But I don't know if that's okay. That's yeah, awesome. I don't know. You don't yeah, want to do that to yourself. <laughs> yeah. All right, Trey, go get some ice cream. See you, brother. Yep. I appreciate you guys. That was a guest. That was a guest. You didn't have him do it. Why don't you do it? <laughs> Why don't you ask him to do it, man? Because of this reaction, one, two, I'm like, I don't want to make him late for ice cream. Three. It would have been 10 seconds. Three. I don't have to cut it in now. <laughs> All right. I, I really do mean what I said at the end there. I, I, would, I would ask some people to go back to the first interview we ever did with Trey and his dad and listen to how Trey talks. And he was, he, he was thoughtful and he answered all the questions, but he was not nearly as confident in himself or what he was saying and is not nearly as good of a communicator as he has become just several years later now granted we talked to him when he was 17 years old and now he's 21 so that's what happens and it was over the phone and they just learned his senior season was being ended because of COVID. it was it was a heavy time okay go back and listen to the last time we had him on the kid has grown by leaps and bounds he carries himself differently he he was always 6'4", but when you see Trey Galloway now, he's a big guy. I feel like his shoulders are back. He holds his head up high. He's He has accepted this mantle of leadership that was not, I don't think, natural necessarily to him when he, when he came to Indiana because of so many things, but not the least of which was, am I good enough to be a leader of a Division One Blue Blood program? And he has proven he's damn well good enough. And I just have really enjoyed watching his growth both on and off the court. I It, it is what I love about college basketball. It's got to be something where you're the coaching staff now, and, and this guy was there when you showed up. He's done everything you've asked. He's excelled. He's improved. He's become the leader that you need in this day and age of high turnover rosters and should really be 
an enticement for them to continue to seek out players like that who maybe aren't going to show up day one and light the stat sheet on fire, but as juniors and seniors, they are going to be the heart and soul of your program on and off the court. Yeah, it's a great point. Um, I loved him talking about the shooting a little bit and, mm-hmm. and kind of where he's going. I love hearing that Jordy Hulls was part of that team. Yes. Yes. But now I love hearing about the other things he wants to add to his game and the the shooting on the move, off the move, because that was not part of anyone's game on our team last year. Miller Cop was a dead set shooter. Trey was a set shooter. You know, X, X was not a guy who was shooting threes off the move. We didn't have that. And I wonder if we're going to see that from him, but I love that he's just continuing to try to expand his game. Yeah, because I I think, again, it was all roads led through and out of Trace last year. And we're in a post-Trace era where, in theory, Woody's really going to be turning the dial up on his free-flowing NBA open-style offense. And you're going to want to see that. It was exciting to hear what he had to say about Mac and about CJ. And those... And Malik. I and, love and Malik, that he was going to bring the ball up the court? Well, like, look, I mean, we saw Trace do it, right? Yeah. And it causes problems also, for teams. We we had basically one one kind of true point guard in, in Jalen, and then Trey became one by default when X went down. But now you're you're bringing in Gabe as well, and I guess I guess just in my mind, since we we didn't see Malik do it at all, and he's just a sophomore with Trace as a senior and needing to expand his game both for the team and for his prospects, it was like okay, yeah, this is part of what we can pop in the tape and show recruits that can happen here. But it's going to be even more convincing when they're seeing a sophomore do that, who isn't necessarily one of the most dominant players in the country. Yeah, and look, the truth is. He let race do it too. There were plenty of times where race tried. Now it didn't work out because he made bad decisions. I mean, that's the truth. I don't like whatever. I mean, it just didn't work out as well as trace bringing it up the court. If you're able to do it, it does cause a tremendous problem for the other team, you know, if it works. So yeah, that's awesome. But I also just loved Trey kind of lit up when talking about Malik. He did. He did. Like, Learning about those relationships, Malik Renew is a kid from Florida, you know, from around the Miami area, went to Mount Verde. Trey Galloway's from Culver Military Academies with his dad as his coach, an Indiana kid. They couldn't be two different kids, and yet they're bonded by Indiana University basketball, and they've now become brothers and friends for life. You know that bond will never go away, and I just love he lit up. I mean, he like you know, he loves his teammates, but he lit up when talking about Malik. And I love hearing about that. I love it. Yeah, that was one of my favorite moments, too, because he and Anthony, Trey and Anthony are linked together forever. You know, they came in together. They're the Indiana kids. They wanted to and have succeeded in being a, a part of a team. It's under a different coach than maybe what was expected to bring Indiana back to national prominence. Um, but to know not only that those guys have that connection, but then as these older guys go on, you know, and hopefully, hopefully we get Malik for another year after this. We'll see. I mean, you know, oh, I, uh, I mean, I hope we get Trey for another year after this. We didn't get to bring that up, but I did, I did want to at least cast our vote to be like Trey, 
please let, let's do a victory lap. Well, we're going to be in person with him <laughs> in a month where we get to tell him that up close and personal. Uh, it's, it's going to be awkward and everything. Yeah. Well, you're better at doing that than me. You, you'll go full Larry David on the whole thing. You'll just really make it uncomfortable and For I'll everybody. just, I'll black, I'll back away. <laughs> yeah, sure. Sure. Um, yeah, man. Uh, great kid. Great family. Can't wait to see the expanded game. He does look leaner, which can only help his athleticism. Um, and he's a strong wide kid to begin with. So he can use, you know, he's an older guy now and he can use his body and his physical nature against those guards like Braden Smith and Fletcher lawyer. So we can sweep them again this year, which I would absolutely love and start turning the tide back to us beating them all the time. I, I was thinking I was going to be looking forward to this, to the first game we go back to, but we're going to be able to appreciate this at the fantasy camp. I cannot wait to see this squad come out on the court and just realize how huge they are. Just how tall and how long these guys are. I mean, it's it is going to be scary, especially for those those little tiny Purdue guards, where it's not only like how are we going to get past these guys in front of us, but then how are we even going to try to challenge the guys behind them? I, I don't I don't think it's going to turn out well for them. I agree. Long and strong. Hmm. That didn't. No reaction from you. I'm just waiting for you to do the thing. What thing? Howard, bye. <laughs> you 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 stepped in tonight. You did well. I I'm not going to do the Twitter thing properly, so I'll let you no, do, do that it again. Do it. Remember to follow us on Facebook. We didn't get some of the letters in the words of our name, so just Google search it, and it'll probably come up. See you next week. Follow us on Twitter at Hoosier Hysterics for the hysterics. No e, no i, no i. Word. Ward, we're about to both do, but the sometimes why, because but, you didn't do it. So you don't get to do the no I anymore. Anymore or just today? Before we started having players do the, but the sometimes why I would do no E, no I, and then we would do, but the sometimes why together. So I was going back to that because you refuse to ask a player to fulfill one obligation that you knew we had to do because mm -hmm. you'd rather make fun of me not doing it i thought about it twice before we let him go and i was just like no this is going to be just an better. absolute dick <laughs> follow us on twitter at hoosier hysterics for the hysterics no e no i but the but the sometimes why yeah i was gonna all right let's just end this let's sure. just end it yeah from the halls of assembly, you'll hear us scream and shout. Our love of Indiana is manic and devout. Everything I do, we discuss in unique manner. We won't be satisfied until we hang another banner. Us two goofy guys go by names of Ward and Eric. And as you probably know by now, we're Hoosier Hysterics. Hoosier Hysterics. Hoosier Hysterics. Some people just know there's a better way to do things, like bundling your home and auto insurance with Allstate, or hiring someone to move your piano instead of doing it yourself. So do things the better way. Bundle home and auto and save up to 25% with Allstate. 
Bundled savings vary by state and are not available in every state. Saving up to 25% is the countrywide average of the maximum available savings off the home policy. All state vehicle and property insurance company and affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois.